what, what what jailhouse rock was that? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, something that I heard a couple of days ago. It's a Zeppelin track on. Oh, video. is it really? Yeah, Led Zeppelin. Ah, so something a little different. I'm on location here, Carmen. Where am I, man? You're in the north end of Toronto at the Dukes of Cycle. What a motor shop! It's a motor motorcycle shop. And so so what, what are we? What are we? We're, what are we doing here? We're doing here because first of all. You take care of my bike. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure. He's and got a very special bike, too. I got a very special bike. We'll talk a little bit about that bike, but we'll also talk about a lot of your history and where you got started because you kind of are a specialist in a Thank certain you. realm of motorcycles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could say that, but you'll mm -hmm. tell the audience a little more. But I figure that we're doing a moto podcast today because lots of guys and girls, I haven't met one yet, that rides in I construction have. we've got a few yeah so there's clients. a few there but uh yeah so i i wanted to basically just uh this is part of the construction life because if you are a gc if you are a tradesperson, i'm pretty sure you get on two wheels to vent to mm. relax oh, to chill yeah. out to stay away from clients to, to not answer the phone all that crap right carmen over to you and uh, hang on a sec. Let me give out the creds here. So Dukes of Cycle Limited, you're the owner. Uh, website is uh, www.thedukesofcycle.com. Email to reach him is carmen at thedukesofcycle.com. You're on Instagram too. Dukes of Cycle. Is it the or du just Dukes? Dukes of Cycle. Dukes of Instagram. Cycle on Instagram. He follows me and I'm sure a lot of guys will start following you. And so Carmen, let's go to the beginning, man. Oh my goodness. The beginning. The beginning of? The beginning of. How'd you get into bikes? How'd you get into... Uh, I got to dig into the archives of that one, but uh, I think... You need an excavator? I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a shovel. <laughs> uh, just as, as a young boy, we were always like uh, attracted to motorsport, racing. I was never allowed to be on a motorcycle, so I used to dick around with bicycles. By whom? Parents? Pa yeah. My yeah. parents didn't. More think. the old man or the old lady? I think the old lady. She yeah, was just course. afraid of me getting hurt. But uh, we had a couple little dirt bikes, like little 65cc, 80cc, little Honda 50s that would go 40 kilometers an hour, and I would always find some way to hurt myself. But anyhow... We, I found an interest in, in taking things apart and learning how they function behind what the average person sees. So, because we just smell and hear, correct, and hold on to the handlebars most of the time, yeah, but we don't know what goes on between our legs. No, well. <laughs> No pun intended on that one. <laughs> yeah, I started taking things apart and on bicycles. And the next thing I know, like in my early adolescence, I was fixing people's friends' bicycles in my dad's garage uh, in the neighborhood, just like the the immediate few boys and even girls, too. What kind of bicycles were you talking about? I mean, when I was a kid, a teenager. BMX stuff. All BMX stuff. Even like mountain bikes. I had a Bianchi. You mean I, like brands? Yeah, was, like super cycles, it, it was rallies, heavy, man. Bianchis, it was heavy. Mieles, these yeah, yeah, yeah. European stuff. But most of, most of it seemed to be like BMX. We liked rad and uh, jumping off of things. But uh, ironically enough, it got into more road racing and sport and not so much the dirt. So um, I ended up getting my motorcycle license at 16 years old, jumping on a motorcycle. And I was already like taking it apart and putting it together. And I bought it 
damaged. So it just, I was drawn to taking it apart and making it better. And then once you get on those two wheels, I'm sure you can empathize with me. Once you're on that motorcycle, you can just disconnect yep. from your stress of the day or the week and, and so forth. So it just it evolved from there. And that was, I don't even want to say how many years ago. A, few, a couple of decades. A couple of decades ago, even more so. But, uh, it's but nobody trained, nobody trained you or you at school yeah eventually i did take a uh, centennial college back in the late 90s i was like the very first i think it was 98 where we had the very first motorcycle and power sports program that was actually offered to like whoever wanted to go to the, the people of toronto in the greater area and that was in 98 99 so when i graduated there i Got a job right away at a Ducati dealer. Oh, yeah? Which one? Brampton Cycle. Okay. Which That's is funny. Like, we probably would have crossed paths, man. Yeah, a lot of people Because I got my bike in 2000. Yeah, your bike's in 99. Yeah. So and and then I was time. going to Brampton to get a service at first. We were we were like the number one shop. Yeah, in that's Toronto. that's why I asked around and they said you got to go to Brampton Cycle. And that's then right. Jeff Jeff uh, Bloor. Oh, Jeff, that's yeah. a different story, right? We can't talk about Jeff, but he's still <laughs> around. He's a. I know he moved around. It's funny, long, like really short story. Jeff got into the film business. He did. Yeah, so I also crossed paths with Jeff because he would do stunt writing in the film business, and I was in the film business at that time in the late '90s, early 2000s. And then I'm getting this guy to service my bike, and then I'm crossing paths with him on the site, and I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing here?" He goes, oh, "I got to do a little stunt here," <laughs> and he would do a little stunt because the actor can't pull it off. And and when yeah, I say yeah, like yeah. a little stunt, it's basically I got to ride the bike because yeah, yeah. the actor can't ride the bike. Correct. <laughs> that yeah, was he the extent was, of he it. was a half decent racer, rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hurt himself. Uh, in he the had movie. a bad accident. In the early 2000s, yeah, too, yeah, he, he was, had a bad uh, accident. He was racing for Ducati, but not like professionally. Just as marketing, we're gonna build a bike, put it on the track, put Jeff in the race, yep. and. So uh, that's funny that last. you used to be at Brampton. After yeah, Brampton, when did you leave Brampton? I left Brampton 2000 and like one or 2002. Okay. I was there for about three years, three okay. and a half years. That's funny. From there, I uh, where did I go after that? I went to uh, Dean Meyer, Somerset, Yamaha. So everybody in Toronto knows who Dean Meyer is. They're probably one of the biggest like yeah. auto sector and yeah. uh, GM, General Motors. They sold. Everybody, the Corvettes, the Camaros, the IROCs, the Cadillacs, That's all the trucks. That's where you went. Yeah. Everybody went to Dean Myers in Toronto. It's like they're located right in the center. So they had a uh, like a motorcycle power sports division too, which they had at uh, a little bit further north off, off of Lawrence. Managed to, I don't know how. Like, I don't remember how I, someone introduced me to someone who needed a, a service de department actually to be developed. So they didn't have a so service. So it was that new. It was that new. So I was going to ask you, in class, how many mm -hmm. kids in the classroom that first year that you were there? I don't know, 25, 22. And I haven't seen any of them since. So you're saying that you're the only one that, that kind of <laughs> stuck with it? I think so. Wow. I, because I know it's a small industry. Yeah. I'm sure like in the construction industry, you know thing. tons of people. All the reputable companies or tradespeople their face or their names reappear. Yep. Same with the motorcycle industry. It's even smaller. And those few names that were in that course, nah, I haven't 
seen or heard wow. any of them. No. Okay, so we got a bunch of... First of all, I, I love that, Carmen, when you talk to me, you actually translate everything that's moral-related into construction-related or yeah. construction-relevant. I'm kind of used to that because you have to like put things into layman's terms. <laughs> so the last time is like my fuel pump was kind of acting up, and so <laughs> so you started talking to me as if it was a P-trap, and, and all of a sudden there's some water. There's too much water in the P-trap, and we got to change yeah, the that. Venting. The venting problem. So I was like... I had to explain to this guy over here what was going on with his... <laughs> why his his engine was not getting the, the proper adequate fuel, and... It had a venting. But I understood it once you kind of connected it to yeah, yeah, yeah. construction. So I'm just wondering if you got other people coming in here. All the time. That, you know, they all have, everybody's got careers, right, outside mm -hmm. of motorcyclists. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden you get to meet a wide range of people, probably from top CEOs all the way down to it, yeah. regular people, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's Executives to nutritionists. To everybody. Everybody loves bikes. But I got to ask you, so why did you go directly to Ducati? Or was it European models that you were attracted to? Uh, good question. Well, I think because I ended up working at Brampton Cycle. So Brampton Cycle was a multi-line dealer. So they sold like Japanese, which were your, all your Hondas and Suzukis and Kawasaki's, Yamahas, etc., etc. They had some KTM, which is another European brand. And then, of course, they had Ducati. At the time, Ducati... Was Triumph there too? No, no Triumph, Triumph wasn't there. Okay. But they had everything. No, no British. KTM, Ducati, and then all the Japanese. No, Moto Guzzi wasn't there. No, Moto Guzzi wasn't there neither. Aprilia? No. No, Aprilia wasn't there either. Oh, wow. Go Guzzi and Aprilia, those those years were... Lean. Even Ducati was... In the Back late then, 90s. it was hard. When you buy your Monster, they were just recovering and yeah. just producing models yeah. Yeah. for the American... For the world market. They were struggling, and then it was funny. The Ducati story is the Monster. Yeah. The Monster is what brought Ducati yeah. back from yeah. nothing. I think they also had some funding from... Well, whichever company bought them at the I time. I can't remember who. I think Lamborghini or something like uh, those families. And I have to dig back into that. I don't right remember. now, who owns it? It's Audi that owns it's them. Audi, yeah. yeah, Audi owns I them. I think now. Audi's trying to get rid of them. Get rid of them, yeah. Really, yeah? Yeah. But I don't. They're still churning out bikes. I'm not a huge fan of the of the new monsters. I like my old monster. I yeah, think my last. Monster, yeah, yeah I, I think that's the last year that I liked the monsters, man. Maybe mid 2000s because they haven't changed them that much. But when After they did that, that major they, change. They, when? Well, no, no. They When they did that major change is when I started disliking the monster. Yeah, yours is the last era. I think so. I yeah. think so, right? Okay, sorry. So, where do you want to go from here now? Well, I was just gonna complete. Like, I didn't know why. I don't know why. Because multi, because they were a multi-line gear. I fell in love with the Ducatis, and then I just started uh, really working with the Italian stuff, and that yeah. stemmed to the the MV Augustas later on, like around the 2010 mark. But then back then, and even now, sometimes this is a pain to get parts, man. Eh, sometimes you're you're down a couple weeks. But yeah. For the most part, it's been pretty good. I, yeah. ca I can't I can't complain. All it's right. not a car, Manny, no, or I a know. piece of lumber. <laughs> you know, it's uh, this, they're performance machines, and they're made in small batches. It's very exclusive stuff. You did the schooling, but you weren't in. A, were you an apprentice for anybody? Afterwards. Afterwards, yeah, you have to register with the uh, okay with the college. And then, how many years did you do that for? How many hours did you have to do? Nine thousand. No, nah, I think it's about seven seventy five hundred. Okay. It's changed now. It's become even easier for the newer, uh, like my apprentices that I've got here working here. Yeah. I don't even I don't understand what the Ontario College of Trades have done. It doesn't really make sense. I think it's even less. They make it easier, and now during the pandemic, things have even gotten a little bit. 
uh, I don't know, less interactive. Like you, uh, you get books and you gotta do things online. It's not as direct as when when we did it. Okay, we but I mean, tell everybody, isn't it okay? Being a motorcycle tech, or, tech, mm -hmm. is it a book job? Or is it, it's not a book job. I'm sorry, you can read as much as you want to read. But There's lots of, in the trade of technicians, like automotive or motorcycle or marine or whatever, if you're working on engines, there's tons of guys that have those book smarts. Okay. They understand the fundamentals. They can probably talk circles around you when it comes to formulas. I have to apply formulas and mathematics, physics, thermodynamics. There's so much involved when a motorcycle or a car is running, and or even if you're applying brake pressure, there's so many dynamics that are happening. You have to understand the fundamentals. So there's people that understand that, but when they get into the garage and they put tools in their hands, they can't finish it. They can't diagnose it. They can't just get the job done, done properly. And I'm sure like in the construction industry, you can study it in a classroom. Yep. Oh, I can build this house or I can design it on paper or some type of like site remediation. We can figure out how to do this. But when you put them onto the job site, you put construction boots on them, all of a sudden you're in mud yeah. and it's raining or it's cold. I don't know. You got they, a just, 25 they just don't get it. No. They don't, they don't. Is it the same where I, I don't think it's 50, 50. I, I think there's That's more on site yeah, it's than on, there is yeah, book smarts. There's going to be a minimum of educational that For you sure. have to For sure. understand. And the better you understand that, the better your, your product, your job, your finished product will end up turning out. But as much as you study and read, you eventually have to get your hands dirty. You got to get your hands dirty, and then get oh, into totally. the get into the engine, get into the parts, yeah, get into the have problem. To like stub your thumb with a hand. Use your five senses, I'm sure, because you know you, you're like listening to certain things. 100. And you're trying Smelling, to everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Even like you turned over my bike right here, and all of a sudden, both you and I just said, "I miss that smell, man." Yeah. <laughs> uh, right away, man, he's like, "Oh, it sounds great." He was shocked it that it sounds so, different. It started up on like an instant, you know? Like, yeah. uh, that's amazing. So you've been taking care of my bike for a little while now. So, mm -hmm. so I guess some people that know me that I've spoken to know what kind of bike I have, but a lot of people don't know what kind of bike. And I have a '99 Ducati Monster Dark mm -hmm. 750. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. It's more of a custom. That's just the title. The title of the that's bike. all it is. It's 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 still. A monster. It's That's still about a monster. it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else has changed on it. Pretty much. And then you've tweaked it and turned and tuned and, and done a bunch mm -hmm. of things on it to, to adjust it. And and then it was two years ago that we threw a new engine in there. Correct. And, uh, it, and, and now it's a 751cc. I thought you were going to leave that out. <laughs> but yeah, we did up the displacement and horsepower on his bike significantly. Because I guess as I get older, I feel that the bike goes slower or maybe my movements are slower and I want to up the... <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Well, you met so many motorcyclists, so yeah. what is it? They get older, they want to go faster. They get older, they want to go slower. No, I think you just get like used to the power. That's what it is. And you, you want to go faster. And you just want to push it a little bit you more. You want to push right? it a bit more. Yeah, I've never been a dangerous rider. I'm not like the rocket, rocket kind. I, I like the chilling out, just riding, just mm. enjoying it. I like the freedom. I, I've never connected on the phone i see a lot of the young guys that throw the the, the helmets on with the phone I, and no, like I the, uh, the bluetooth and i'm like no man the whole point of this riding mm -hmm. thing is to disconnect from everything 
Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I, I can't listen to music, no. nothing. It's just you, the bike, the road, the wind, your thoughts. It's a form of meditation. I know people that have told me, you know what, I'm going to ride to uh, Las Vegas and uh, I'm going to meditate. It's a form of meditation the whole way. I've had people that are like, maybe going through like a midlife crisis and they use that time and they don't care they chose vegas because it's going to take them the so distance. many hours yeah. the distance could be anywhere it could be thunder bay or the fact of the matter is they jump on the bike and they fill it up with fuel and they just go and it's a form of disconnection and reconnection yep. with yourself it gives you time to embrace your own thoughts you know rediscover what you want to do next, perhaps, or... We're maybe. preaching to the choir. Anybody who's listening, who's in construction, who has a bike, yeah. knows what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anybody who wants to get a bike, this is what we're talking about. This is what you'll experience and how you'll experience it on certain levels. A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And obviously, there's the dangers out there, too. But I also feel that you're a better motorist if you are a better a motorcyclist mm -hmm. that's just a fact i think you are more aware i think you pay attention more you you'll be aware of how people drive the moment you get on a motorcycle you'll just see them doing instinctive actions like you'll see yeah, you pre-anticipate yeah, people's moves. you see wheels move by themselves magically even though mm -hmm. the driver's not indicating that you just know that and all of a sudden you can anticipate that mm -hmm. but yeah i mean that's why i like it that's why i've always ridden it I've, I've had this bike for 22 years now and it's my first bike funny enough i've never had another bike that's the first one i walked into you remember mcbride mm -hmm. i walked into mcbride after a day of work and i i just got let off work from the film shoot early and i was walking around dunnest there in junction i walked right in saw the bike and i loved it and that was it put the deposit down picked it up and that was it <laughs> and i don't you never saw it with the original tank i had one of the original remember when monster did the um the painted the custom tanks yeah so i have number one of the flame you still have that i tank? still have it i have number one right and it was marco marco somebody some some italian artist that did that right so i, I still have that smokes. tank and then i bought a there chrome was like one. several different ones there was correct? like a six or seven yeah, palette yeah, yeah. that they did i have the one with the uh the desmo uh drawing the scale the spec but that's like a number 41 that i oh have my goodness and then i bought a chrome one uh from because i loved i love chromo i love the monster chromo you have they, a chromo tank yeah i do but it's got a few dents on it i found it on ebay for like 200 bucks and oh then i God. just bought it for the i just have it that's it but i'm sure it works but then i got this one and then i just made this one all flat black and then i went through the whole batman route and just left it all black yeah, yeah, right yeah. flat black and that was it and i like it and then i got the rolling sands headlight mm -hmm. and then the cluster i actually rode to new york and i picked up that cluster in uh, ducati manhattan i don't know if they're still around ducati manhattan yeah they they're still around yeah, yeah they should be they, i thought they oh, it's been a while since i've been there but i got that and then i know you're trying to tinker around with the tack because the tack doesn't work something wrong with the tack but everyone that sees that cluster they're just like this is insane right because monster didn't have that cluster originally they had that cheapy stupid looking one mm -hmm. that they had right and then no, i changed it like got multiple uh, yeah. lights in it and multiple gauges yeah it's which really which famous. i love man and then the rizomal bars and then the end clips and all kinds of stuff and the bike already came with the carbon pipes the ones that snake around to the back mm -hmm. and then that's it and i know you and i we talked about doing a single swing arm in the back mm -hmm. and then i said oh Man, it's just like already too much money going into this thing as it is. Because you spend X amount they to buy expensive. the bike. Do, yeah, monsters are all about customizing. That's all it is. And then before you know it, after a decade, you've spent more money on customizing than you did on buying the bike. Yeah, they're like a canvas. 
Yeah. Ducati builds you this bike that's fantastic, reliable, and tough. Yeah. And it's here you go. You can go nuts with it. <laughs> it's got tons of room for you know personalization. That's all it is. And that's why people like you have there's so many different versions of and Ducati themselves did it too. Like you said, they had different tanks. Yeah. Different looks. They were smart. They yeah, were really smart. smart when they launched I think the it's monster. Their best seller. I totally still to this date. Totally. But I mean, you have my dream bike that I fell in love <laughs> when I was a teenager. And talk about like you, you meet the woman on your dreams or something like that. Yeah. You got a nine oh you got a nine oh seven peso here. Yeah, yeah. But I fell in love with the nine oh six peso, man. Yeah, that's and, the one even before. Oh man, like that bike, I don't know what it is. I saw that bike. I'm trying to remember where I saw it first. And it's just that there's something about that bike. It's just insane. And then you were just telling me that the current owner is thinking about letting this one go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not worth much because it's literally a 30, it's 35 years it's old. It's like a 94, no. 90. Oh, oh, really? It is? So 25, 26 years old. I think it's, it's early 90s. Yeah. 92, yeah. 93, That's, uh, 91, something like that. It would have been something like that. Yeah, I think exactly. the 906 is like 89. Yep. It was late 80s, the 906, yeah. and then they just changed it over there, Such right? a, That bike there, like though that era, if you start, when you take apart those machines and you start looking at them, it's it's built pretty much the same as Ferraris are. Really? Yeah, they use like the same componentry when it comes to the electronics, the mechanics, the electromotive stuff, the dash, because he had a problem with his dash. Yeah. So I'm working with his dash and it, uh, it's like Fiat, Alfa Romeo, because I've worked on Maseratis too, eh? Okay. In my tenure, I've got clients that uh, have multiple toys. So I've had the luxury to play and tinker with some minor stuff. So I'm familiar with Fiat's, Alphas, a lot of Italian stuff. They use very similar components, if not the actual same computers of like those era motorcycles. And, and then they put them in the bikes, really? Yeah. So those bikes are, they're literally like one-offs. Each panel is not mass produced. If you have a 906 and I've got a 906, chances are your left panel might be just like near term, maybe like a 16th really? gap difference compared to mine because Manny or John is like shaping it and then getting it ready for primer and paint. It comes out as a, a product from a mold, but the mold is not like perfect yeah. it's got to be fine-tuned and massaged into place but that's what they're known for that's yeah yeah so the older stuff was all like that it was all hand built right yeah. hand assembly and everything the, the, like that. A, the super sports the all those bikes in the 80s and 90s so what are the bad things i know that second or third year of having this bike mm. when it was young mm -hmm. it does not like cold weather man it hates the cold weather you mm. got to throw the throttle on you got to warm up that thing fast yeah your bike's like uh it's temperamental warm blood it's it's cold -blooded. it's cold-blooded cold yeah and it just it just doesn't it doesn't and then on the flip side because it's air-cooled in the summertime you yeah, get stuck great. downtown and you're in traffic your legs are just burning as a result of it right mm. but i mean that's what ducatis were known for back then until they changed it to fuel right yeah and then did that solve the problem fuel injection did it Help no. it? Not really, huh? No, it's just <laughs> you've got an engine between your legs. You're going to feel heat. What made it worse later on is the like the emissions control, catalytic converters, reduction in greenhouse gas effects. All that stuff. Like, yeah, all that mumbo jumbo. And uh, if you have a full-blown like race car, 
you're going to smell fuel, you're going to have more like heat dissipation through so using better products and so forth. But when you're selling something for the public, uh, it's got to be homologated. So they have to put restricted restrictions. Yeah. So they come up with all kinds of like redundancies or even things to cover up their restrictions to try to make it run smoother or cooler. Sometimes the liquid cooled stuff is actually worse. Uh, because it, you're now you've got the engine that's hot, and now you got plumbing and cooling hoses, coolant, which is boiling at 104, 5, 6, 7 degrees Celsius, okay. a radiator, on top of all that motor and exhaust. And your bike doesn't have like panels covering it up. Your bike is actually good in the summertime because it's air-cooled. When it's moving. When it's moving. Yeah. But still, even on, okay, you're downtown, it's 40 degrees, and your engine's at 120 degrees Celsius of oil temp. Yeah. It's better than a liquid-cooled machine, if you ask me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But liquid cooling keeps the engine, it's supposed to keep it cooler with the liquid. But an oil air cooled engine like yourself, like yours, from a mechanical's perspective, I prefer less parts, less things to break, less breakdowns. Yeah, so the garage is open. That's why we're here in the dog bark, the, the Roddy across the street, yeah, across the alley. The, yeah, yeah. But that, that's all good. So, I mean, you've got dozens and dozens of bikes in here. Are they mostly, what are we, mostly European bikes in here? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say 90%. But we do work on everything. But, but you still touch everything, right? Yeah. So you'll oh. get Harley. I've seen Harleys in yeah, here before. Yeah. People like Manny have a Ducati, a Harley, a scooter, uh, another Italian. No, not a, a scooter. Japan. Not a scooter. I've been on a scooter once. Well, you know, people <laughs> love Vespas in the city. People downtown Toronto. They, they just, do, but I've been on them, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. I, I, every motorcyclist I know, they don't wave to scooters, but scooters <laughs> wave to us. I'm like, okay, all right, wave if you want, but I can't wave to you. I'm yeah. sorry to say, man. It's just a different vibe. It if is. you're in Europe, that's different than Oh, I everybody's on a scooter. Because the first time I ever went to Europe, the amount of monsters I saw on the road was absolutely insane. And I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't... And Vespas, you saw dozens yeah, of them. Yeah, they got it down over there, man. Everywhere. They, that's how you get around the city, man. It's just... It's nimble. That's how it works, right? In Europe, particularly the, the wealthier countries, almost everybody has a motorcycle. It's it, a mode of transportation. It's a mode of transportation. I mean, you get on it wearing a suit. Yep. You get on it wearing an yep. evening dress. You, you get it. on it. That's it. That's your Ladies mode. are wearing dresses with maybe a scooter. I love but that. But they've got motorcycles. I love that. I mean, and yeah. they would never pull it off here as much as you want here them. It's like, uh, t- I think it's more so women because I'm seeing it more now, right? But they, t- they tend to stick to themselves. The women used to come and find people like myself more often uh, up until about 10 years ago or so but there now there's enough women in the motorcycle industry where now they're getting together they have their groups they have their groups so they ride with women women ride with women and now there's that one or two out of the 20 that are mechanically inclined or she's got or she has a little bit of testosterone in her so she wants to learn how to fix the bike herself so there's a couple small little independent garages in the city nothing that's elaborate or anywhere near very professional but they're trying right so small shops small shop how long you been at this location since 2007 and across the street since 2003 
Oh, okay. so I've been in this like little corridor, this For industrial section since. And you got two apprenticeships with you right now. Yeah, two apprentices, and and then you're gonna you can't get a third, can you? Or do sure, you? I can get as many as I want. I'm trying to train them a little bit slower. Instead of I've had many people work with us. It's it's hard. Like, imagine how are the kids? How are the kids these days? Are they? They love it. They they're embracing it. Do you really it. want me to answer that question? Yeah, I do because do I ask this question to everybody. Are the the kids of today Tate. in general, in general. Or the kids of who I've got working with me? No, uh, see, that's two different people, mm. two different kids. That's why I'm at. But you ones? went through how many kids to get these kids? Quite a few. We call but them I've kids because they're in their twenties, right? They're early twenties. Yeah, one's twenty, twenty-one. Uh, Marco's twenty, and uh, the other gentleman is Alessio, and he's twenty-three, I believe. 24. Okay, so they're young. Yeah. But how many guys, how many kids did you go through to get? In the years that I've been here, yeah. I probably had, I don't know, six, seven. I never really concentrated on the youth. I always went the other direction. Find an old-timer. Not an old-timer. It's just someone who Established. Was, yeah, kind of. They okay. know the industry. A couple guys that were established, and I kept a couple of them. This one gentleman what worked with me was a licensed automotive technician. But this guy was brilliant in the books and in the garage. But he didn't know too much about motorcycles. So that was actually a, uh, a gamble for me, but he absorbed it really well because he was a brilliant mind and he was good with his hands, he's good with tools. Why not apply it to a motorcycle? But he couldn't ride. You have to ride to be a yeah, tech. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't f get that finishing All right. touch, but he was really good. He ended up continuing his career in the auto sector we parted ways in uh, 2010, 2011. So since 2011, 2010, I had a, some issues with keeping the right people. Or not, not even, let me rephrase that, finding the right person or persons. So I worked a few years by myself, and I just like rolled up my sleeves and did a lot of dirty work. But then you had to eventually work. hand this knowledge off. You got to pass yeah, it on. Yeah, so I stumbled upon the first one's father. And to make a long story short, I said, maybe this is the direction that I go. So I gambled with it. It's an investment. And it's a painful investment because you got to, it's like teaching kids. It's full school yeah. education. So here, I'm, I'm actually working on, instead of me working on one project, I'm usually juggling three because there's three of us. And at the same time, I'm also educating them. But I'm also educating them just in life. Writing skills, math skills, you name it. English skills. Because all that comes into social play. Social skills, everything. everything. Yeah. We apply everything to this. It's not a boring job. Our days are different every day. Every day. There's not one day that is ever the same. That's what keeps... This place is like my sanctuary. It's kind of strange, but like I want to break from it for like a month or two or three. I'd love to take a break, but you'll I, miss it. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm like at peace in here because it's a it's literally a passion. And once you, I try to tell these boys too, and anybody that I meet, you got to stick to something that you really love to do, and it doesn't become a job. Just don't chase that paycheck sacrifice and do exactly what it is that you're passionate about then eventually the money should come big problem solvers no that that takes that that's takes their weakest experience. link their weakest link is is anybody that i've ever worked with that's the weakest department really 
So a bike comes in here and it's got problems because they all do by yeah. the way like uh, we've developed a reputation here at Dukes of Cycle where and the people in this industry Manny they'll know you could speak to reputable well that's how I found you man that someone said you got to go to Carmen at Dukes shops. because he'll take care of the bike yeah so like we have people that just drop off bikes and I'll like I'm not going to name who but just a month ago there was a shop that just showed up take this thing like swearing, get this thing off my fucking books, please. Get this off my books, Carmen. And he just dropped it off, and it's uh. He just couldn't figure it out. He didn't. Understand. He didn't get it. Well, he, you know what? It's a Ducati, okay. and these things are so jam-packed with technology nowadays. So it's a new Ducati. Yeah, it's like a twenty. Not even that new, bro. It's like a 2015, 2014. Oh, okay. That's okay. new. Yeah. Let's just say anything post-2010, the electronics and the motorcycle industry, they, they, they've always been there, but now they were, they've applied any and every piece of technology that you would find in your Mercedes and your Audi. It's crazy. Drive-by-wire technology, technology, like everything is electronic. It's got telemetry. It's got data acquisition, sensors beyond sensors. It's You can... Basically, it's a put much, isn't it? Like, do we really need all that stuff? And <sighs> is it not bright? really, man? Like, uh, you, they do it. I don't know why. Maybe just to sell features. Do we know. really need it? I guess that's a subjective term. What does one really need? Yeah, that's that's a different story. The I computers mean, and the 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 telephones, your, your smartphones, and your yeah, computers, your smartphones, all, all these stuff. gizmos that people keep, keep but on a motorcycle though, something that is like rumbling, you mm. really want all those electronics in the belly of this thing. Sometimes they help, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good things and good features that electronics are. I can't even think of one that I would really, really want right now. But yeah, what do you ride these days? I've got the, that MV that's sitting next to your uh, your black Ducati over there. Yeah, so the white one. That's yours. It's a yeah, it's an MV Augusta Brutale. It's a 990. It's an upright like, it's basically a sport bike with no panels and handlebars. So yeah. you're sitting a little bit upright. It's like a hyper tourer. I call it the hooligan kind of a bike because it does everything that a super bike would do, but it's comfortable. And it's got you in a riding position where it's easy on the wrists, it's easy yep. on the neck, the lower back. Not that I have issues with that stuff, but I can't ride like a super crotch rocket the, in the streets. The riding position is too no, painful. No, I'm not on now. the streets anymore. Like no. uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And even riding from here to my home, even if it takes me 20 minutes, like I don't want to be on that bike. It's like not that super bike. No, 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 no. Not unless we go on like a track or something. We're going to go on like a little road circuit. And so for all the non-Italians listening, Brut Brutal, what is it? It's a, yeah, like, you know, Brutal? Yeah. So MV uh, Augusta. So they named it Brutale. 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 Because the bike is brutal. <laughs> is it on the road? No, it's just one of those. I don't know. <laughs> it, they mean it in a way where like nowadays these kids say, oh, that's dirty, dude. <laughs> you know what <laughs> is that what they say? It means the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. It's these dirty. These kids, the way they talk is it's hilarious. <laughs> the words that they use. What are those kids liking? Like, what's the bike that comes in here and they see it and they're just like, that's, that's their pace. Oh, they want them all. All of them? Doesn't yeah. matter which one it no, is. No, they're in just love with everything. Really? Yeah. Huh? Marco, the twenty-year-old. Yeah. That guy's just two wheels, motorcycle. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's just so excited about everything. 
Good for He's him. like the first guy to jump in, taste it, try it, ride it, be with it, you name it. But you were saying that the guys are having a hard time problem solving. They got to learn. They got to learn. They that. have to experience. They haven't seen everything. Even myself hasn't seen anything. But there's very few things that have stumped me after many years. I'm sure for yourself, Manny, like you yeah. can show up to any job site, have anybody present you some prints. Look, Manny, this is my, what I'm envisioning. You look at it. Your wheels are spinning. Yeah, you're digesting it. You're absorbing. You might take it home and study it for an hour or two or however long it takes you, but you'll pull it off. You're going to brainstorm whatever it is that that person wants, and you're going to tell them it's going to cost this much money, and I can probably have it done in this much time. But that's experience. It's experience, yeah. It takes kids. experience, yeah. Did the kids have a look at mine when it came in and they were trying to figure it no, out, or no, they, you just handled it? No, that was me. That was you, right? I have to handle all the diagnosis. I, I will basically look look at the bike, diagnose it, and then I use them as my second or third pair of hands. So how I use my apprentices are I take the blueprints, I absorb, and I digest, and I re do all that stuff, and then I'll be like, okay, junior one, junior B. So I want you to, you're going to do this. I literally, I literally talk to them like this. I'm like, so you're going to take the tank off. You're going to do this, that, 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 that. And then we're going to do this, 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 this. And then we're going to put it all back together. And then we're going to go through this. That's phase one. Holy. Right? I've been in here. I've been in here and saw my bike and other people's bikes. Yeah. Your bike had a, like a little bit of a, see, that's one of those things that would stump people and they just throw parts oh, out. Oh, yeah. It, it even took me a couple of times that I scratched, scratched my head. Yeah. It's just But weird, you man. have to really sit down with it and you have to just concentrate and figure out what the hell is happening fundament physically. What is going on here? So I never even realized from an engineering's perspective what Ducati was actually doing with your bike and that fuel pump location because it's a very primitive technology, what they're using. It's in that. simple. But the way it's there is like a, it's a fail-safe, it's a redundancy, it's a, a little added boost that was needed that failed. That added boost pump where it's located caused... A false reading three years ago. Got it. When so you the, were tuning when everything. When we put the motor in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up the carbs. Because you're The motor was 751 cc's. Yeah, now he's got like a <laughs> nine something, right? So it needed 25, 30% more fuel. Because your bike had a problem that was, uh, it was hidden, it gave me a false reading. So that 25, 30% of fuel that it actually needed made me believe that it only needed like 15% or 20%. So I had to take different measures and take stuff away from it. And it That worked. was coming from the fuel pump though. So the, yeah. the fuel pump was giving you the wrong information. Correct. It was just allowing too much fuel to seep through. And that's why the problem with the higher gears. Yeah, yeah. So when Manny would bring his bike to those uh, higher speeds... It would just... He'd be like, yo, man, this thing's like... Uh, <laughs> it's what the it feels like a, It feels on? like a Vespa. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. like, all of a sudden, I had to pull over. <laughs> now it won't start. I'm like, shit, dude, I don't know. Bring it here. Maybe it's a venting problem. What do you mean it's a I venting problem? I know, I know. Problem? We talked about venting problem. That's where the whole P-trap comes And you, did, you did have a venting problem through the gas tank. That's another problem, too. That we, we had to adjust that. People have to understand. It's like putting your thumb over or finger over a straw yep. and holding the liquid in it. Yeah. 
Same thing with a with a any but type of reservoir. What, that's what I like those older bikes for. The, like, even the new stuff. They still have those same problems. Really, yeah. Huh? yeah. Just uh, today's Sunday. So on Friday it was a 2021 Monster 1200 Monster. Yeah. Ironic. Monster 1200S. This is like a $25,000 bike. We did a service on it. Tank had to be removed or whatnot. You need two people to put it on, not like yours. Carefully. It doesn't just... No, no, no. It oh, does, really? but you can't like, disconnect all the additional plumbing underneath it. You need two people, one person to hold it up. Uh, Anyways, it's got a couple hoses. One goes to the ground, then it's tucked through all this compactness and all these additional electronics and plumbing and frame and exhaust and all and this one's liquid cooled so there's radiators and more plumbing and that's the best that they could have designed to put that bike together finish the story listen to this bro <laughs> there's more from factory that little fucking quarter inch part of my french tube was pinched behind from the tank yeah. Yeah, but down low, like about, I don't know, 18 inches below its connection. So further down through the floor in the walls, there was a piece of wood that was pinching the drain. So, so what do you mean? Drain, some debris or something like that got into the bike? Water. Water. Yeah, so your gas tank at the top has a gas filler cap. Yep. Under that gas filler cap, there's there's two hose, hole, yeah, holes. Yeah, little drain holes or whatever. One's a drain holes and one's a vent. They both need to be correctly. Uh, they both need to be correctly like located and free. One of them was plugged because it was pinched with all the componentry of the motorcycle when they bolted it together. They routed the hoses like neatly behind all this electronics, but when they closed it up, now you put the drywall over the wall. And when you shift gears, pinched. and when you ride, and when you go over bumps, and you rattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shit like that happens, yeah. Shit like, that's what I'm saying. Is like, why are they making so many things so tight, so precise? I don't know. Nowadays, they're so jam-packed. So, like, oh, the Hondas, the Japanese stuff has always been like that. They do a very good job. Do they? Yeah, they do a really good job uh, squeezing everything in there nice and tight. But nowadays, the, the electronics are beyond. Way. Yeah, there's no cavities whatsoever. Everything is, like, completely filled. Carmen, I got this a question. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, 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 what bikes are <laughs> easiest to work on? Uh, Stuff like, that's probably built in the 70s. Really, huh? Yeah, like they the were very just... simple technology carbureted the ignition systems were they're basic it's just like uh simple pickups with magnets and like the way they energized circuits back in the day was just simple technology in the mid 80s and in the 90s they started getting into capacitors transistors and then sealed units and all these electronic devices that started controlling Everything. So now they can control everything with sealed boxes, just like a computer. Everything's computer controlled. I Processors. don't. I don't know anybody personally. I'm sure you do. Mm. That has a bike from the 70s, man. I know some people that have cars from the 70s no, and older. There's, there's a lot of people. Listen, I bikes. I service everything. We work on everything. What's the oldest bike you've seen come in here? Oh man, I've probably serviced the. I've serviced the Harley Davidson from like the. 30s or 40s really yeah how was We've, the tech on that oh my god that was uh that was an interesting that was like totally different too what was up with that bike that was a few years back i don't remember i think it was called a 48 google that 
Really? A Harley Davidson 48. It had like some carburation issues, uh, maybe some shifting issues at the time. But so we just had to like do some minor work to it. So the he just needed a tune-up. Yeah, I, no, it didn't work very well. I had to get it sorted out, but the, the technology in that machine was just very basic, yeah. Yeah, that's what Here's I your hose, supply this simple device with fuel. It sparks only at one time. Really? Yeah, and that's it. I had a question. Totally forgot it. Sorry. Which bike was the easiest to work with? Yeah, I mean, just... You mean like marks, like brands? No, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Who's making the bikes that are friendly for you guys to service them? Because most riders don't service their own bikes, right? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, when it comes to the Japanese stuff, I think Suzuki keeps service in mind. Do they? Yeah, yeah so they're... Machines come apart with a pretty strategic fashion. BMWs, mind you, like the the Germans, they don't give a shit. It's um, just about the technology. Yeah, it's all about technology. They hide screws, and you got to do all this like stupid. <laughs> let's take apart half the bike to get to like a connector. That's how or, they like, do they it. They run things on underneath things. Like you've got this wiring set up over here. They would put this beneath something. To get to it. Yeah, to get to it. But now to get to this, because, I don't know, there's a loose connection. you got to take apart, like, four or five things up on top. Some of the beamers, you got to take off and lift the tank and remove all these things just to get to the battery. So Okay, so they're just more in it. Well, the Germans, man. We know yeah. them. Well, That's the, how they the are. Italians, the Italians are better. Ducati used to be very, very good. Ducati was probably one of the best. Friendly towards, really? Yeah, Rodney, like your monster is friendly. To work on. That era, Ducati is friendly yeah. or friendlier. But a lot of technicians, strangely enough, don't like working on, on the European, which was just reminding me something to myself. You asked me uh, at the beginning of the, the conversation here, why Ducati? Yeah. So I answered and I said, probably because of the multi-line dealer. But I was working with two great technicians. I was like 20 years old. One guy was 55 at the time, Doug. And the other guy, Chuck, Chuck and Doug. They, <laughs> uh, Chuck was probably 45. Doug was 55. But they couldn't stand Ducatis because Ducat they've been working for 30, 40 years on bikes from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, all the Japanese stuff. When Ducati came around, it was like... Scratching their head. Huh? What the? What's, what's what? They couldn't understand why things were done the way the Italians were doing it. They do it very well. And I, I'm sure everybody in the world and people who are listening know that anything the Italians make, you put made in Italy on it, you're getting more money for it yep. because we presume that it's done well with class. It's tasteful. It's, um, it's supposed to be high quality. Which Ducati tries and always has abided by. So, like, uh, is that yeah. still the case today with, with the newer bikes? With the quality aspect yeah. of it? Yeah, Ducati still has uh, a minimum quality level that they shoot for, but it's not the same since Audi. The way. No. The technology's gotten better because Audi's got really deep pockets. So, like, Ducati has, especially on the racing sector. So, if you follow racing, Ducati is 
a leader as Ferrari is in Formula One. So in the Formula One of motorcycle, Ducati and Honda have been battling it out for a long time. But it's funny because Rossi, right, would have he's been... He's retiring. I, yeah, finally. I mean, the guy's a kid, but he's been in it for so long. 26 years. And he was only with Ducati, I think, one or two years? Two. And he hated it. Yeah, well, that's when Ducati... He was a they Yamaha were, guy, right? Yeah, he still is. He Ducati still is. was being a bit ig- ignorant at that time, so the, and stubborn and arrogant. Yeah. But they were being it all. So they weren't treating him well. No, it's not that. They didn't want to change the bike. They believed that. But he's a kid like like Senna. He's a kid that when he rode, he knew what was wrong with that bike. He knew what needed yeah, to be wouldn't changed. Turn. Yeah, and same with Senna. Senna was the same way before Schumacher and all those guys came in, and then all of a sudden he started telling them, "This is what you got to do to the yeah, car. You got to because the, this is where the, the the rider, the driver knows the bike, and they have to explain to the techs what needs to be done." So it was funny that Rossi, who is probably I think the best MotoGP rider out there ever, is, yeah. you know what I mean? And he was only with Ducati for two years, and that's he, the contract. He was he was a con- he was contracted for two years, but after that two years, they didn't. But he uh, didn't win. Like he didn't no. with them. That was a funny thing because the bike at that time wasn't the bike then. No, it's not the same bike as it is today. That's what it. Uh, the so bike of today ended up getting uh, an influx of investment from the Audi, Germans, Audi. Mm-hmm. And they separated, they put their ego down and their pride down and said, okay, we're going to change the chassis. So when they changed the chassis closer to the way the Japanese have been doing it, you can almost, you wouldn't know whose is who. If you look at the chassis, just bare, okay. bare aluminum, carbon fiber, metal, all you see is the frame. We're going we're gonna to say the frame. When I say chassis, I mean the bare bone skeleton of the machine. If you look at Hondas and Suzuki's and Yamaha's and Ducati's or KTM, no, not the KTM's, the first ones that I was talking, they all, you wouldn't know which one is whose. Mm-hmm. I could tell, but you wouldn't because they kind of look similar. Ducati n- didn't do that. Like if you look at the, in this picture over here that's kind of covered, that's Ducati's first MotoGP Formula One bike, which was the Desmo. Tucci, whatever, was it? Yeah, Desmo Sedici, which yeah. means Desmo 16. Sedici in Italian means 16. Ah. People over here who can't pronounce it say Sedici. <laughs> so Desmo Sedici, I tell them, listen, just call it a D16. I call it a Desmo. Desmo. Hmm, so that bike there uses the technology of the frame that was failed, a failure. Really? Yeah. So. I, but they made that bike a street bike too, yeah. limited edition. But it's a crazy, crazy, crazy bike. Is it a bike. crazy bike? Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's unreal. I remember it's when an they launched unreal that. machine. The Ducati the Italians have always made high horsepower. You can't beat their engines. They've got the fastest machine production. Okay, so let's talk about, because you've handled all the Japanese bikes as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what bikes out there that are good, that, <laughs> that you like? Oh, I, uh, I I've like, never I, been I a like Japanese them all. guy. I, you like them all, really? Yeah, huh? pretty much. Honda makes a really good machine. Yamaha makes a really good machine. Suzuki. Suzuki, yeah. Yeah, they all make a good one. Is everybody racing around with Jixers? Is that what it is? They all just like, they love I, I remember when I saw that You're for the first time. You can ask every new tradesperson that you meet in the next week. They're all going to be biased towards one brand or another. Of course, once you once you fall in love, yeah, yeah, you Cowie, fall in love. Kawasaki, that's that's all it is. That's, I, and I, I know that. Yeah, the, there is no best bike, but uh, when it comes to being a mechan- being a mechanic and like learning how these manufacturers 
like their philosophy and the way they apply their engineering tactics and techniques and fundamentals. I think to me, the MV Augustas, after seeing and working on them all, and Honda, but the Japanese just don't have that, that beauty, that essence of style and sexiness. Where's MV from? They're from Italy. But what part? Because it's funny that when I, when I started writing, I quickly learned that... They're not far from Ducati. Really? So that means they're part of that epicenter. No, yeah, yeah. So in that one little area of Italy, which Just is probably about, what, 50 miles radius or something like that. No, a little you, bit more than that. A little but more, in 100 north, miles? You got yeah. Ferrari, you got Lamborghini, Everybody. you got Ducati, and you got MV in there. Yeah. What? They're all there. What that's, is the, with that? that's the industrial sector of Italy. Everything's in the upper north where it's beautiful. Mountainous, roads, people got money, it's expensive as hell to live. And wow. uh, in the southern parts of the of the country it's drier it's hotter it's more beach well there's beaches and beauty everywhere and italy's a abundant of, it's got abundance of everything but the industry like we have here in toronto is all uh, like north of north. rome yeah but uh, to answer where mv is they're in a town called varese which is just s south of lake como oh really yeah just northwest of ducati just northwest of Milan, Bologna, Bologna yeah, yeah, east of Torino. Also, oh, they're 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 well north then. Yeah, that's yeah, so. right. Uh, Switzerland, which is uh, there's a little town. The first city in Switzerland is like half an hour away, away from them. Lugano. See, it's different in Europe compared to it is the wicked me. part of the world, bro. Yeah, I mean, like here we're talking about Toronto, Scarborough. Yeah, that's about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, over there it's like, okay, man, you know what? We're gonna take a drive to Lugano tonight. Yeah. When you live in Italy, in the northern parts of where they are, it's hard to find like an underground, really good party. You know what I mean? It's there, but they're not so red light kind. Kind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If you. That's why they just go to like Switzerland or they go somewhere else. So Lugano being half an hour away, everybody in Varese were like, yeah, andiamo a Lugano domani. They're saying, <laughs> I'm like, well, what's happening in Lugano? Don't worry, don't worry. We're going to go to Lugano tomorrow. We'll okay. just go. We'll just go and we'll enjoy it, man. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. I want to like, okay, Carmen, I want to talk a little bit about servicing, man. Like I know Shoot. the only time guys want to bring their bikes in mm. is when there's a problem. Pretty much. But that's not when you bring your bike in. No. When do you bring your bike in? That's what makes my bike my job stressful because I'm always you're problem with, solving. You're reverse yeah. engineering. <laughs> you reverse got someone coming in exactly. going, Carmen. It sounds acting, shaking, yeah. doing something. I don't know what it's it is. It's the hardest part of my job. And you have to translate. You have to figure out what we just explained to you. Yeah. So when should we? We should be bringing our bikes in every year to Off get a season. Off season, like doing right? preventative stuff. Preventative. Like what? Everything, just like a car, you need to like rotate your tires, change your brake pads, change your oil, check your fluid levels, top it up with winter, wa winter washer fluid, check your tire pressures, bring it to the dealer, bring it to the dealer, bring it to the dealer. So that, but you, you trust and hope that they do this 50, 60 point inspection, but... Do they? No. It's, some do, some don't. Most overcharge for doing half the amount of work. Same How do we thing, know if they did or didn't? You don't. You just don't. You have to trust. And the people that are totally ignorant towards it, like uh, even like my sister, for example, or my mother, or 
any i use ladies for an example because most women get taken advantage of it's a sad no thing. that's a stereotype I, I to totally we've heard that before yeah. and that's but just guys how it too is. guys get because we don't know right but no. the thing is i've brought my bike before to bigger places like uh more i guess established ducati places mm -hmm. in the beginning and i just didn't know what that was going on i quickly learned no, that you give them the keys to the service yeah. rider and they take it to the back and you don't ever see the tech and that's it and i didn't get it so i quickly when i met you i was like yeah the one man small shop <laughs> in the middle of somewhere that's the person i can trust and that's the thing you is like so. yeah. no that's that's what i that's what i get because i come in here and you're talking to me and i'm like i understand what you're saying but my bike's right there. You're you're di you're dissecting it. You're reverse engineering it. You're explaining to me the reason, and then all of a sudden you fix it, and then I take off with it, and then I I, I enjoy it. That's the reason Correct. behind it. By all the bikes that are inside here, you can see that I'm not the only one doing that. No, there's lots of bike owners that get that same sense from you that we bring our bikes in here, and when we trust you that, and then that's what you're doing. Hopefully, to the kids. Yeah, the kids are getting those those nibbits of like knowledge. Because I'm sure from now, like for now, you got them on the bikes and they're reading and they're understanding, they're trying to figure stuff out. But then that social aspect between oh, the tech yeah. and the owner. They're developing quick. It's actually, it's, it's totally amazing. You have to. At first I was scratching my head thinking to myself, oh my God, what am I doing? How am I going to get work done? I absorbed it for a while and I, I've been working longer. Because they kept on asking? They kept on... No, it's because they don't ask. They're oh. just looking at me like, uh, okay, so... They don't even say anything. I just know that. I just take initiative and be like, okay, so what's going on is this. Instead of me looking at you for more than three seconds, because I can tell that you're confused, I just guide them through it. Okay. Literally, I Marco just last week as a joke. We joke around the butt. I'm like, okay, Marco, come here, come here, Marco. I literally took him by the hand. I'm like, okay, walk with me. So what's <laughs> going on? I'm holding his fucking hand, and we're laughing about it because this is exactly what. And I tell them, I tell, listen, do I have to hold your hand through this? How many times do I gotta tell you when we're doing this? You got to do it or set yourself up like this or when you're taking things apart, you got to do it in stages and you got to keep your shit organized and clean. Like there's, that's just an example, a simple and example. Oh, it's simple. true because if it's not, yeah. Imagine how you come do you to a fucking yeah. job site, someone's I doing demo. Never mind demo. You walk into and a there's site a that you have to clean up. Yeah, yeah it's Manny's frustrating. Manny's here to rectify the situation. Yeah, We're yeah. going to build a custom kitchen. It's frustrating, And you man. get there and they're, what? You want me to build a custom kitchen with what over here? Like it's the same thing, man. The framing is missing. There's a hole in the blocks. Like, so are the kids getting that? They're getting it. They're getting it. No. They're right? getting it because I've learned to be a fantastic instructor through my clients teaching people like you and i'm actually reached that point in my life where i'm confident to say i'm a good instructor i can actually be a good teacher because i've taught and told thousands of people what's wrong what I'm and solving. what needs to be done yeah i've problem solved this and this is what's happening this is how we're fixing it and you got to put it into layman's terms. But it's funny how everybody that works a trade, including you guys, you don't think about this at the beginning of your trade. No. You don't think I'm going to have to communicate my knowledge mm -hmm. to the client. 
you don't. And the kids at first, they don't think about it as well. They just want to get their hands dirty and try to figure out the problem. Yeah, especially Marco. At yeah. first, the, the older one too. But I got him practicing talking to people. That's important. Yeah, you have to speak to people. And the younger generation form. now, man, with social media and everything, their their communication skills are like going right down the tube. I know. That's Terrible. a major problem. They don't understand that you able to thumb text forever, how quickly and beat <laughs> all this other stuff. Yeah. That's got no value whatsoever when you got to stand there in front of your client with your motorcycle in between and discuss the problems that might be attached to this. Correct. That's got nothing to do with this. Uh, yeah, and I tell them that. I'm like, how are you supposed to explain to the customer what it is that you want to do or you have to do? Yeah. You got to tell me what's wrong with it. And just, I tell them all the time, just this week again, these things always happen where their customer is relying on you. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at me like, okay, Carmen, so I don't know what's wrong with this bike. What's up with it? I'm like, what do you mean what's up with it? You're the technician, bro. <laughs> The customer was relying on you to tell me what's wrong with it. No I one else. It. I know. Not me. You're the guy that has to answer the question. You're the guy who's coming to build my dream home. So we have to have all that. We have to have. What do you mean it. you can't tell me what it's going to look like yeah. or what you're going to do? It's the same thing. Exactly. So earlier on, you were saying that a lot of the other kids, what were they lacking? What was it? Passion. Th just passion. Drive. Eh? Vocation. Some lack, like, fine motor skills with their with their hands. A, a lot of them couldn't thread a small nut and bolt together. Sometimes we got to do things. You need that third hand. So we're putting things together. Almost together. like a watchman. Yeah, we're yeah. putting things together. Like, well, taking it apart. We haven't even talked about putting things together. Yeah. We're, t we're just basically touched on problem solving and taking shit apart. No, when you when you put things together, that's a whole other because you depth lay out the all the parts, and yeah. then that belongs to that bike. The whole assembly and and putting things together is a whole other. I've seen that operating room, man. I've seen all the my parts all laid out in different pieces, and and I'm like, yeah. good thing that you're doing this because yeah. I have no idea. What well, you're I tr doing. I tell them that it's like a watchmaker. Yeah, it has to be that kind of detail. And that kind of fine motor skills with your fingers and hands. So, like the younger one is a little bit younger. He's a little bit rough with his with his hands and his fingertips. You know, one might be better with the finer stuff, and the other one might be better with something that's a little bit different. So it's like a nice balance. Yeah, I haven't found his 100% strength yet because he's so young. But the the older one, he's good at really fine things. So he would be like an example for the listeners to understand. Like a watchmaker. Mm -hmm. So imagine 360 pieces on your wrist within that case. They all have to mesh and intertwine and be lubricated with the correct lube, the right amount of lube, the right torque specs. It's easy to disassemble. Yeah, it's, it's, anybody it's, can take shit apart, bro. It takes a skill to reassemble it. Dude, we bring people bring us bikes in boxes. In They've boxes. Yeah, I've had people bring me motors in boxes. <laughs> Like, I don't even, I just get those kids to take shit apart. And I'm like, don't worry about it, bro. He's like, are you going to remember how to put this together? Yeah, don't worry. Just take the fucking thing apart, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's okay. We'll, we'll figure it. it out. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll I don't care about taking it apart. Like, I care. It, there's a particular sequence of cleanliness. and or, there's, there, Don't get me wrong, guys. There's um, You can make mistakes taking things apart. But they've been taught 
where they're much further than that. You can't just give a $40,000, $100,000 bike to a novice and be like, okay, or take the panels off. They can literally break little connecting tabs. Something. Nowadays, the panels are like clicked and interwoven together. Really? All the fairings and everything? Yeah, you can't just, oh, so there's I'm, a screw, there's a screw, there's a screw, boom, it's coming apart. It's I not always just a matter monster of, for that, man. Like, yeah, nothing. Your, your bike is nothing at all. What's the oldest rider you got coming in here? Is that the peso there? He's 75, 75. Eh? Now, I have another gentleman who's actually thinking of hanging the boots or the gloves. Is that what it's called? I don't know. It just came to mind. Hanging the gloves. Hanging. Well, at what age? 80. He's 80? Yeah. When do they start testing you for your driver's license? At what age do they start? 16. Is it 60 they start testing you for, for age test? Uh, I don't know. I hope not. Because I'm 10 away oh, from that. Oh, you mean... Uh, like your driver's license. Your driver's license when you're getting older? Yeah. Uh, probably Can't like be 60. 65. You think it's 65? Yeah, but you'll be fine. So these guys are 75 and 80 and they're still riding? Yeah, yeah. But mm. a lot of people that are younger can't. I know people your age that can't ride anymore. Why? They got physical like incapabilities. Really? Backs huh? and hips and Some legs kinks and here wrists. and there? Yeah. Arms, wrists, backs, necks, shoulders, you name it. Lower backs. I, I remember there was one year I probably rode the most in that year, and I started getting like palm kind of numbing going on, and right? Vibrations. Yeah, and, and that, I went to the doctor, and I explained to him, and, and then he said it was, it was as a result of me resting my hands on the bar too much. Yeah, we, we help customers who have those issues by incorporating more weight or like dampening systems through the vibe. You want to reduce the vibrations of the bike. So all that vibration is what's causing issues, pressure points, like yeah, you, be, numbing? Yeah, Because yeah, be. I started use, I started riding with my hand at the side as a result of that. So once he started telling me that, I started riding less with holding the bars mm -hmm. and then riding more with my hand at the side. And even, then the palm numbness went away. Even changing your, your position, like uh, a centimeter can help you. Really, yeah? Mm -hmm. So what are the little things that you can do? Like, is it also just your seat, your lower back, your yeah, back? Yeah, like the rider triangle, like from your... From your ankle to your your crotch to okay. your wrist forms a triangle. That tr rider triangle can be adjusted in lengths, and that's going to change or it'll add or reduce weight on your lower back, on your knee, your ankle, your wrist. That's why... How do you change it if your bike is already set a certain bar, seat, peg, or you adjust the three. You can't adjust the three, though. Yeah, you can adjust the three. How do you adjust the three? You have to improvise. You got to get clever. So your bike doesn't have adjustability to that. You have to either change your seat height, but you can change that with the, like, the mechanics of the bike, or you can change the way pieces are bolted onto the bike. So like your your wrists can change the way they're bolted, where they're positioned onto the bike. You can change the handlebars. And then where you seat, yeah, that can be changed as well too. Some people have I've refoamed and recustom made seat material where it's shaped different or lower to help. Let's them say with your lower bike back. is are yeah. Let's say your bike has already been We've already thought outside the box and we made it as comfortable as possible by raising the bars, by pulling your foot pegs back an inch and lowering the rear suspension linkage three quarters of an inch because that's all we can squeeze out of it, but it's still bugging you. Yeah, we can take things a bit further by doing like the seat. I never realized that, eh? 
Yeah. I don't have those problems yet. I mean, I just thought no. I had the numbness. That was about it. But I never Even had. tires. Like the overall diameter size of the tire. That will help on your body position? Yeah. Where really? It can, it's going to change the bike like this. Imagine so then you position in, yourself. Imagine it in an exaggerated position. Yeah, you got to remember true. with motorcycles, guys, this is where people don't understand. Like in your trade, you guys are dealing with inches, centimeters, meters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like big numbers. Like a, a millimeter, which is 40,000. 40, thousandths of an inch is one millimeter. And that's like huge. It's huge. And you'll notice a difference. Yeah, like one, two, three, four millimeters. When you're at speed on something as small as a bike, it's going to make a difference. Wow. I never even thought about that A one, centimeter man. is 10 millimeters. That's, that's huge. ginormous. Yeah. So if you were to drop your ass... 10 millimeters it doesn't sound like you wouldn't even notice it on the like visually you wouldn't notice it so if i put a different size rear tire on your bike your bike i don't know what size the tires are like 180 170 60 and you made the back go up or down 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 because you wanted to put less weight on your lower spine or less weight on your wrist so you want the bike to sit go down squatted yeah yeah you could put even like a smaller rim really Smaller rim or a smaller, the aspect ratio of the tire, the, the thickness of the tire is lower profile, as people would understand, right? I'm getting, like what I'm, Carmen, you're telling me and I'm thinking, I start visualizing that my bike as I'm getting older, mm. it's going to start to get you're lower. You're going to have to buy another bike. And man. then <laughs> yeah, I could see training wheels on the side or something <laughs> like that. Of course I got a bike. Trust me, man. If I was wealthy enough, I'd buy seven bikes. I'd have no, seven bikes you should, for you. Most people should have two. Why Any, two? Because in case you got to get this one repaired in the shop, <laughs> <laughs> you got the other one that's going to back you out for that weekend, that getaway. Two different kinds of bikes or two similar kinds of bikes? Either way, either which way. Whatever you, you fancy, yeah. right? I, I prefer two different kind of bikes. Like my MV right there, that's what I ride. Not every day because I'm working with bikes every day and it's odd because I got into this industry because I loved riding but, but then you're always we're always dicking with bikes all day every day 24 7 sometimes i just want to like get in a convertible and yeah, let the fucking true. whatever hair i got left flow you know no, what no, i mean it's true I man just wanna, like, unwind i don't want to be on a bike right i now. drive a van five days a week sometimes six days a week i yeah. can't stand it and when i get to drive my car or i ride great. my bike yeah. for one day i'm gonna enjoy yeah. it no, I know but two different that. bikes is uh, where it should be at least. My second bike is the one that's you know got you leaned over. It's faster. Which oh, one's that? It's a Ducati. Which which one? Yeah, do you have uh, no? It's uh, it's a custom. No, no, uh, you've got a a moto a hyper, <laughs> isn't it? No, what is it? I got a few. <laughs> the one that I'm uh, we're speaking about is uh, it's a Ducati seven forty eight. Well, so this is a tricky one because Ducati had the same bike. Which is a 748, a 916, a yeah, 996. I remember that. A 998. That shape, that style, that design yeah, is endless. Yeah. yeah. And that designer actually designed your bike, and that same designer, Massimo Tamburini, okay. who designed the aforementioned My Ducati 748, Your Fucking Monster. The original 916, that one that changed yeah. everything. Yes. So that's, I have that bike, but yeah. it's a custom version of it with its own power plant, its own suspension, its own electronics, et cetera, et cetera. But the 990 Brutale that I have over there, Tamburini designed that too in the mid-90s, and he was so far 
advanced in his mind and design and his uh, his whole philosophy with the industry that his pieces are timeless yeah they are timeless that design is still that design 916 first came out when that would have been the 90s mid no late 90s 94 yeah that's what i thought it was so was the brutale there was a 90 your monster was in that is it, the same era. the sketches are in the same drawer but it's funny how the penny mm. takes from that yeah of course it does because they after they did the 999 which i personally don't like that, that was design. a french designer that was a french designer yeah and you could see that was something His name was uh tromblanche i believe something there was something wrong with that design and then they quickly went right back to where the 916 was all about do you know what there's a lot of people that uh they still like it they like it really yeah i don't know i don't know people have different taste true but it didn't scream Ducati. no it didn't scream oh it was a failure yeah ducati went like tits I, up i know because of that design it was a marketing flop it went it went against everything that ducati was all about but the bike is amazing is it an amazing bike yeah and it came back so technically it's an amazing bike it's a very good bike got it it came back like it fell off the cliff but it didn't hit the ground now it i know came that back. a few years back they came out with that big monster the devil yeah diablo diablo right <laughs> no one can pronounce it i it's can't it. pronounce it i'm not <laughs> going to try to pronounce it so that's why i call it the, the devil. devil how's that bike i know that like they the came first back, generation they came out with that bike just to compete against harleys the first generation yeah it's uh it's radical is it and it's, it's it huge. just looks like a beast like it looks like yeah. it won't it's like almost riding a, a a really that looks like a batman bike yeah bike to me like you fucking get that thing all blacked out the first it's huge dude it's, it's huge. Like really fat yep it's got a single-sided swing rim with a beautiful rear rim and it's huge it's fat tire it's ha but it's fast really it's got a really big powerful reliable power plant the, the newer one is much sleeker much uh, it's nice, but and it's comfortable. People love that Diablo, Long the devil. People love the devil. Oh yeah, they are. They're always chasing that devil. Like <laughs> that bike, there uh, a lot of men are all over it. A really? lot of buyers. They've sold tons of them. That's probably the same thing as the monster that yep. you can modify the shit out of that oh, thing. Yeah, huh? yeah. And, and I'm Ducati, sure the catalog is huge. I got to think about. Okay, so what else would I would do? What what would I do to my bike? I know we talked about the single swing arm, but at that point, I started thinking, uh, uh fuck it, buy a new bike, leave that one as is, yeah, service I, it. I would leave it as ride it, it and just enjoy, enjoy it, it, it and then get your second bike, and then enjoy that. Unless you really, you know, there's nothing wrong with just being really happy with yours, and adding some personal touches to. It. If you really want a single sided swing arm with a nice exposed wheel that you there's nothing wrong with doing that sure but if you want another bike to do a totally different thing you might as well get another bike you know what i've been looking at recently no what's up a norton detonator yeah something about that bike is just i've always liked norton's mm. i've always liked the british bikes too as well yeah they have some good yeah like, uh, they have a good look to them they're that's what it is they're cool nostalgic they're tough they're uh, they look uh, pretty ballsy you know they have a nice like look to them how do they ride how are they they're they're not as smooth as no they eh? should, no the british stuff always was it's like a whole other ball of wax man the they're good 
but they're more vibrant. They're raw. I don't know. That's probably the best word word I can describe it. And but what, they're nice and tastefully done too. That's the that's what it is. Yeah, the it Brits, just looks like a work of art. Yeah, kind of the thing. British people, I love their sense of style as well. So I got to take one little shot out Ducati there, because what the fuck is with the scrambler? Uh, what is that piece of shit? They build for the demands. What? Who's demanding that? People, man. People. Who? There's there's too many people in the world that want too many different things. That so, thing is just stupid, ugly. Well, it's, uh, all it's, manufacturers do that, man. Really? Car manufacturers make a car for everybody. Have you had a chance to? Well, that's why I love one. Work to, on one. Toyota right? Corolla is driven by everybody around the world. That's but right. I don't have one. Uh, no, but Toyota builds a car that you'd probably would drive. Nah. <laughs> Maybe like uh, I don't know what's their what's their fucking <laughs> sports car. Oh, uh, you know what? Mind you, Supras. Yeah, they the Supra. They brought the back the Supra. Was nice, yeah, they brought it what back. What do they have today? That's yeah, true. They have the Supra. They brought it back. Before that. Before that, they didn't have anything. Toyota doesn't have like a supercar. Surely, the, the super was the only thing. I'm thinking of Nissan. You're thinking about probably Lexus. Lexus has they have some sort of two door coupe or something, something well, like that. But back to the Scrambler, I don't mm. get like how's it right? Does it what is it right like? Probably like a Norton. But you think but, so? Really? Yeah, probably like a Norton, but Italian version of it. It's nice. I don't know. It's a good little cafe, commuter, city, urban. And you can jazz it up however you like. I've got a couple clients that have customized them, and yeah, they look really nice. It's I to me, it's boring. It is boring. It doesn't have soul to it, right? It doesn't like that have Norton that you're looking at. You can have fun even if it is slow, because it's got so much to offer. The way it looks, the way it yep. feels. That Scrambler is like a bowl of cereal. It's just cereal with milk. <laughs> Okay, we're going to add some so fucking Throw chocolate. some blueberries in yeah, there, some brown gonna, sugar, yeah, some cinnamon. Mm. Your Norton is like, uh, you're now you're in a totally different restaurant with a totally different bowl, uh, you know, like an artisanal type grain cereal. with <laughs> it's, it's infused with so many layers of like style to it or like, you know, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I know, I know, I, I know. Lots of contractors. It's a wide range, man. You get a lot of American bikes. You get Victories. You get Harley's. You get all kinds of. You get. Those, what do you see? That's what I see. I see the big. Like it depends for on for the most part. Like the it in depends the past on two weeks. Have you talked to anybody who has a bike that? You, a lot of guys are Japanese. A lot of guys are Asian bikes, man. Yeah. Japanese bikes. A lot of guys like are what, that Hondas way. And shit? But then, yeah, and then you, and then you get into the guys that have the Harleys. The Harleys oh, are the classic. A, yeah, the victories. Version. You get those in there. Indian's so it's just, a good one too. Eh? The so bigger like, the guy, the bigger the bike. That's what I find, which is really odd because I've always liked my bike. My bike's four hundred pounds, soaking wet. Yeah. And I've always liked the way it rides. I like the way it moves. I like yeah. the way it it, it boots now. Yeah. And I like that, but I mean, I've never been a big bike guy. Yeah, me neither. I see like They're Jim. Nice Jim's bike is huge. He's got a, a soft tail Harley, huge mm. monster. Probably weighs two thousand pounds or something. I think they're about a thousand. Or yeah, they're pounds. heavy looking, man. It's yeah. just it's yeah. all steel. The then way the Americans do it is, you gotta you gotta learn more about them before you can appreciate and respect them. They're good machines. Too. Are they good machines? Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, let's say for the most part, yes, but not all of them. Their top models are good, and they're they'll last. Really? Yeah, they'll last. It'll take you to California and back, no problem. That's what they're designed for, right? Yeah. But they're it's a, a hunk of steel. That they've come a long way. The technology in an American motorcycle is 
it's up there now. Now they're in the comp. They've got the. They're they're with the competition. It's funny how the history of all big bike brands like Harley and Ducati and all these brands, they go through these cycles all through the decades. And you know what I mean? Like they get to the verge of like we're gonna dissolve. Indian motorcycle, everything, right? Like Indians of today. Yeah. Fucking amazing, bro. Are they amazing bikes? Amazing. I would take a sixty thousand dollar brand new Indian full decked out like. Decker type bike, stereo, windshield, twenty five. Why are they so amazing? Just a ride? Just like it's just they got a lot packed into them. Really? And they're amazing. Yeah, because Indian does things with more care to detail. Some nice way of doing things. I just find it very uh, interesting. Their engineering tactics are nice. I like the history of Indian. That they try to keep that yeah that history alive. They, exactly. That's so what I like about it. Instead of just keeping that line straight or that fastener simple like home depot type bolt yeah yeah, yeah we yeah. always make fun of the harley davidson because just go to the home depot and grab the <laughs> fucking five sixteenths and <laughs> shove it in there bro yeah, i'm ser- serious send but your letters to carmen at dukes of cycle correct and uh, you won't find <laughs> that on an indian full bolts going into a harley man yeah uh, really it looks just like it bro <laughs> <laughs> they don't have like proper coatings on them and stuff. They don't have any of that kind Back of stuff. The, they still do today, but like Ducati or MVs, they have like a very trick looking coating. Metal coatings is a huge industry. And they use like zinc and nickel and this gold type uh, zinc plating, which makes the hardware or the type of anodizing that they use, natural aluminum looking stuff is very, very tough. And it makes that piece of basic aluminum look that much better and last and last but when you have pieces that have been designed on a computer through autocad and then cnc cut and then mass produced and bolt onto your bike if you leave it leave it as a piece of steel or a piece of plastic or a piece of aluminum if you coat it properly all 1200 pieces on the bike your bike that's just basic looks like shit yeah. my bike that's got 600 of those pieces tastefully coded or like planned like premeditated and it's 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 blended and uh, coded to match it looks beautiful so it's just not a bolt no it's just like the the way you guys finish bathrooms or Our little details God, that stuff's like the fucking totally that's, that's what makes it or breaks it a roll it. of toilet paper yeah. like the way it's placed on the wall or if it's, yeah, it's recessed true. or it's if true. it's sitting in a cavity if it's uh, used with tiles or marble as opposed to whatever type of material you finish it with is uh is Buell still around yeah they're still around eh? yeah. i don't see them on the road yeah they're around they're around the quiet yeah i think so the little offshoot of I harley davidson I don't. I think they're still around for the fact that their bikes still exist. But as far as producing 2021, 2022 models, I'm not sure. I haven't looked it up. I don't service them, but no. I have. Okay. I've worked with B- the Buells back in the day. I know there's a bunch of guys that listen that all want to do. We want to get together and do a little ride. Mm-hmm. And some I've of the guys. I've been trying to plan a ride for a while. Like uh, this summer, we was trying trying to plan a ride for like people like yourself, my preferred clients. But it ends up getting pretty big of a list. But I wanted to keep it like a... Keep it small. Keep it small. But small is impossible. What's small? Nowadays, because everybody's been cooked up, like everybody yeah. wants... I want in, I want in, yeah, I yeah. want so in before you get 100. So 10 turns into 50 like it's this. It's insane, and, I know. 
So you just got to go on your own then. <laughs> There's an outro song. An outro song? Is that what it is? No, man. I, all right. So, Carmen, Shoot. thanks so much, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. We got to wrap it up, man. We got to wrap it up. So, everyone, reach out to Carmen if you guys got to service your bike. If you guys are looking for a guy to service your bike. Holo. That's it. Well, you got a waiting list, right? Like you Pretty always much. have. Mm. I, I don't think I've ever seen this shop empty. Never. Never, ever can't. seen it. I tried to close the doors and be like, sorry, we can't fix your bike right now. It's going to be a couple yeah, you weeks. Never say that. It, it never, you never say it that. It doesn't happen. I no. try to fix and finish what we got in here, but it's too many people are kind of on hardcore right now. Say, listen, we got a project. <laughs> we got a project. But then I like coming here and seeing the bikes that are here because then I can go, hey, look at that, man. Yeah. You were just telling me the Peso might be up for sale, man. Most people just can't leave here. No. When they get here, they love it. I don't this know why. Is, I do know why, but it, to me, it's just, it's a garage with a lot of motorcycles in it. So what's not to... Uh, yeah, even when people walk in, they're like, oh, I love the smell of this place. Yeah. What do you mean you love yeah. the smell of this place? This is old school, man. This is the way it should be. This mm. is how it should It's be. raw. Yeah, it should never change. You can call this podcast raw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carmen, Dukes of Cycle at uh, website is thedukesofcycle.com. Email Correct. is Carmen at thedukesofcycle.com. Instagram, it's Dukes of Cycle, right? Correct. That's it. I got one last segment there, Carmen, that we do on the show uh -oh, all the time. What's this? This is the 12 questions of construction, but I'm going to change it just for you. It's going to be the 12 questions of motorcycles. Okay. Oh, shoot. So basically, here we go. What is your favorite motorcycle word? <laughs> oh, my God. Fast. Fast. What is your least favorite motorcycle word? It's leaking. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you on in motorcycles? The industry, motorcycles themselves. Uh, the design of the bike, like uh, the way it looks, okay. the overall shape of it. What turns you off? Fatalities. Mm. I've had two. I've gone down twice. Well, I gone down once. This second time I stayed, and lucky. I mean, nothing happened. But yeah. you learn real quick. What is your favorite curse word or phrase? With motorcycles? No, no, not just a curse word or phrase. Anything in general. Uh, I think everybody knows what that word is. Yeah, but you could probably say it in Italian, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh, uh, I don't even know, man. What's my favorite curse, curse word? word? I don't know. I'd be uh, there's too many. I'd be like, fuck, it's fuck. What's wrong with this fucking thing? <laughs> it's more like a phrase. <laughs> I'd be like, shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't Prob be. Yeah, it can't be. Impossible. That's a good one. That's your favorite curse word. Yeah, probably. What is your favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? Uh, probably a Ferrari. Which one? Anyone, dude. Anyone? Something vintage is like really special, like an F40. Testarossa or an F40? An F40 or something in the 70s, like a... GTO. Three, a 360. No, the rarer. The, the stuff that's more rare. Like a G, uh, 365... GCS, I think it's called. Look it up. It looks kind of yeah. like a Daytona. So, so, so you're you're naming cars that are all in the million dollar price range right now. Pretty if you much, have yeah. one, I like <laughs> things that are more the old school way. Yeah, but fewer of them. When it comes to like uh, any type of material item, if there's thousands of them or if it's mass produced, dislike um, them. Even yeah, more. I don't really like them too much. I what like is stuff that's unique. What is your least favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? My least favorite 
car uh, anyone or anything i don't know like probably like a transport truck the tractors <laughs> that's my least favorite they're annoying as hell well, you got them all day long here yeah we're in a part of toronto where there's uh, industrial there's, yeah there's trucks everywhere plus the highways they're just right there yeah. what motorcycle sound or noise do you love the exhaust notes mm, it is nice eh? mm-hmm. i actually like it better on colder mornings yeah. For some weird reason, you have to learn how to decipher when it's actually running and thumping <sighs> properly. It's like a it's like a music note. It's true. Dum, 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 it's dum. true. Yeah. Is it true that Ducati's got their sound patented the same no, way that they, Harley? They say that about that. They say that about Harley. But so they're not patented. No, I, I wouldn't think so. No. I thought but they Harley were. Is. But but Ducati's got a distinctive sound the same way that Harley's got a of distinctive sound. Do. What motorcycle sound or noise do you hate? Like metal, like catastrophic failure that hard sound that uh, like clanking what profession other than your own would you like to attempt a profession yeah anything some type of uh like an engine and some type of an engineer mechanical engineer kind of thing no a little bit beyond that something oh. more into the the physics like thermodynamics stuff that requires more Behind the scenes, like formula stuff that requires more uh, thought. That uh, I don't even know what it's uh, quantum fi- physics. Yeah, or something? some shit like that. Really, astro, like kind of. Nah, maybe not astro, but like there's a lot of engineering that goes into vehicles and the technology. Maybe yeah. an electrical, electrical engineer. Mm. Elect- electricity and electrical stuff is fascinating because everybody's totally confused. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the weakest area for most technicians. That's the one profession on the job site I can't stand, man. I don't, I don't, I don't like anything that, like any kind of pain that I can't see coming, man. Correct. That's why it's so fascinating, right? Yeah. So stuff that, that's what I meant by that you can't see it from an engineering's perspective. I like that type of per- profession. What profession would you not like to do? A surgeon. Like yeah, but technically human speaking, bo- I am a surgeon. I, yeah. But I mean, like on human bodies, when you're like, mm. you have to try to, you're doing like problem know, solving trip, there, trip, trip, like a quadruple bypass or aneurysms and shit like that. Stress. Fuck that, man. And the final question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates, there, Carmen? <laughs> We've been waiting for you. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Please, thank you very much, Carmen. I really appreciate it. Please check him out, guys. I need you guys to go to www.thedukesofcycle.com and also Carmen at thedukesofcycle.com. Thanks, guys. And on Instagram, uh, just Dukes of Cycle. Just Dukes of Cycle. That's it, man. Carmen, thanks so much for giving up the Sunday afternoon. I know that you're... Are you going to tinker around today? No. Mm -hmm. You're going to call it a day. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the day, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and and talk to me. And I'm glad that you finally figured out what was wrong with the monster. Yeah, me too. And so now I can go for a ride. And then uh, hopefully I can just come here and ride and not call you going, Carmen, I got a problem with the bike, man. That's probably the worst thing about my profession is (laughs) you get those phone calls. eh? Yeah, everybody's calling me with a problem. You really just want them to ride by and hear it and then go, hey, I just I was in the hood and I but just you want know to say what? hello. Some people do call me and be like, Carmen, the bike's running fucking amazing. <laughs> but no news is good news, people. I know it's don't true, man. That one. When people it's, don't call hardcore, it's yeah. because everything's fucking smooth. Then it works out fine. You got it. It's good. All right. Thanks, Carmen. Appreciate it, man. Later. Take care.